Yeah, dude. Are you fucking kidding I me? I know, <laughs> I know, dude. I, I, I know. We're gonna have like our pre pre something chat that we, we do amongst ourselves. But hello and welcome everybody to Everyday Channel number one hundred and fifty-seven, your favorite, most effectively named bi-weekly legacy podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our brand new Patreon, Toby W. And I'm pretty sure Toby has seen Star Wars before. Hopefully. Unlike, <laughs> actually, no, I was going to say unlike Kai, but Kai, you just watched like the original trilogy of Star Wars like right now for the very first time. For the very first time. Yeah, I just turned, I just turned 32 and I figured like, what's the first thing I want to do? Because now, now that I'm old, I, I got to watch old movies and... Uh, yeah, I figured like one of the one of the oldest movies I know is uh, Star Wars, like the original ones from like the eighties or something. And did you uh, like them? I like- yeah. So um, the reason why I didn't, why I haven't watched them for for such a long time was because at least like uh, in my school, like back in the day, you uh, you either love Lord of the Rings or you are a Star Wars person, right? Like you're mm-hmm. nothing in between. You you either yeah, it's like the one or the other. And I was such a big fan of the Lord of the Rings series that I didn't even try to watch Star Wars, which was probably the biggest mistake. I mean, it's a pretty good excuse. I was going to, like, give you some shit, but... Yeah. Dude, it's, it's just a, watching Lord of the Rings is good. I don't know, man. Like it's it's the same with like mu- uh, it's the same with music too. Like you either listen to heavy metal or you listen to hip hop. There's like literally nothing in between. There's well, a lot of people tearing their hair I don't know about that, but yeah, I mean, you, you I mean, mentioned that a couple of times actually. I guess there's also like Linkin Park in between, uh, which is kind of in between, like it's, yeah, yeah, back then, yeah. But you know, I mean, I, that was that was a serious question because it's like I think for a lot of people it stood the test of time because of a lot of nostalgia. I mean, like I could watch the films again and again still. But if I was this age now and watching them, that's why I'm not like it's hard to say. It can be a bit rough around the edges. You've got to like lean into the quirkiness of the old. Oh, dude, yeah, dude, they are the best though. Like I like, li- yeah. I like the old movies more than the more than the newer ones because the newer nice. ones looked a little like way too polished, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. For me, the right. yeah the second one, all the, so, I guess the fifth is yeah. Yeah, Kai, did you did you like watch all three of the original ones right now, or just like uh, a New Hope, like episode oh, I, four? Oh, I watched all uh, nine movies. There, there are nine movies, right? Oh, <laughs> you, like you watched all of them like in a couple of days? I, I, yeah, I watched them like. Ev- okay, yeah, you're I, a sicko, I, dude. I, <laughs> <laughs> but I, st- I, I watched them in the, in the uh, what do I say, like in the chronological order. So I started with the ones where Anakin um, is a, a child, and then he becomes Darth Vader, and all that stuff. So- Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, that's so bad. That is so bad. Seriously. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that's the. I mean, that's the whole story, right? Yeah, I guess. I guess. Okay. Yeah. I. I, It's like it's like quote unquote the right order, but it's almost like the worst ones you could watch first. So it's the wrong order in such a big way. It's 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 a weird order. Let's put it like that. But also, I mean, we're not a Star Wars podcast. I don't want to go do too deep into (laughs) this. But I I got one question. Yeah. Who's your favorite character? Oh, R D T. Oh no, what's that? R D D two. Yeah. So, so and and then uh, um after that, that's probably like B B eight or whatever that. Oh, oh you're, you're just so, like not into humans. No, they're, they're so cute though. No, don't no, no, like screw humans. Humans suck. <laughs> that's that's the same if like everything that's been through my like throughout my whole magic and warhammer and all a career um i detested all human races that, that sounds kind of brutal but i've never <laughs> played like anything that has anything to do with humans for um, a second i like i took that completely out of context and i was like what the fuck <laughs> okay but you're, you're saying like all the the, the, the like human warhammer fractions and exactly stuff. Like, I was like, well, yeah where is this going <laughs> Dude, I, I thought like they're like the, like the, yeah, they're super ugly and that's the same for magic they, i i rarely play i think um type human creatures in magic 
except Delve of Secrets, maybe. Or sometimes. maybe sometimes start confident in that nauseam sidebar or something. Is <laughs> 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 okay, that a human okay. too? Oh shit, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're into wizards, I know a lot of rings, I got it. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to support the running of our show directly, you can support us on patreon.com slash everydayjournal. What kind of transition, guys? Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, be, before we get into, into all of this, like we, we, we got a bunch of results and basically like the meta right before we are... Uh, about to head into the month of the very first eternal weekends of the year uh, to talk about martin user from the czech republic he posted something super interesting that will only ever matter in like one out of every single like out of any game we ever play in our lifetime but something that literally i'm gonna say like 99.9999 players do wrong in paper and on magic online even by default because magic online makes you do it wrong and that is how the mulligan procedure actually works did you guys see the threat or is this like all new to you it's completely new to me this is completely new to me oh and neither I... of you saw this no yeah and so we're and... good guinea pigs okay that's this is perfect I, when... just, I, I just hope that we are like among the one percent Okay, I thought yeah, I got right. it, like I thought I would get it right because you know I'm an elitist Magic Online player. I know how things work. Like I know that's, the stack. I know that's the so phases. funny. My my first reaction is like, oh, I'm obviously wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, I, I thought that, and and I was like, okay, if Martin posts this though, so there must be more to it, right? Because he, as it turns out, he actually doesn't play on Magic Online, which was like a, the biggest surprise to me. But let let me describe this. So you sit down for a match, like typical one on one match, no special rules. You mulligan and your opponent mulligans. Tell them, tell me what exactly happens after you drew your new seven. Like you are on a mulligan six, but of course both of you draw seven. This is where you are. What happens now? So I'm just like hardwired into Modo, so I would just follow exactly what Modo does. Like, but my understanding of it, which, which is probably wrong now, is whoever's going first will put one card on the bottom. If they keep, they either say keep or mulligan. If they say keep, they put a card on the bottom, then it goes to whoever's going second to make a decision on their hand. Okay, that's not even how it works on Magic Online. <laughs> no, no, it, it's slightly different. But like, I'm extrapolating how I think it works between the two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you, you, okay, if you extrapolate, basically you're saying you you decide keep a mile, then the opponent decides keep a mile, then the active player puts a card on the bottom, then the non-active player puts a card on the bottom, or like, you know, if if somebody goes deeper, nobody ever puts a card on the bottom, and then once both have kept. Then you put your cards on the bottom, right? That's how it works in Magic. I would guess that you make a keep or mull decision and put a card on the bottom at the same time. There's no such. Oh, oh, you. But that's not even how it works in Magic Online. Like even on Magic Online, you wait for your opponent to finish their mulligan before you put something on the bottom. Is it okay? Cool. Well, I'm just getting it wrong even even more here. I mean, you, you can't really see it on Magic Online unless you. Like, I guess you know because it only makes you card put the card on the bottom once the opponent has like yeah. decided keep a mull. Uh, I guess Kai, you would think the same, or uh, do you? Yeah, the only the only difference is that in in paper magic, um, at least in uh, in Japan, people always put a dice on uh, on the table, basically showing that like how um how often they have mulligans so far. It's right. like seriously, like, well, like can we do like a podcast episode? What is bad about <laughs> Japanese magic? No, like, I've, I've, any, like, I've started doing that. I think it's good. Yeah, yeah I, I, I also believe it's good, but like yeah. nobody ever does yeah. that, right? I, I, I mean, I've, I've never seen it in uh, in Europe, so and that's why I was so confused of, in the first few times because it is so easy to to cheat on mulligans, right? If you don't mm -hmm. do that, I've started doing it with like I just get a die to the side. I don't really tell my opponent, but I put the die for me or them if they're mulliganing more than once. I'll just like mm -hmm. put the dice to the side on a two, and then I'll be like, okay, well, look, this is I can reference this and show a judge if something comes up. So. 
you know, I, I once had this coming up where I was playing like a local and I like wasn't really like deep into it. I was just having fun. And I mulliganed to five. And back then, that was like before the, the London Mile that we got now, where you literally only drew six, six then you draw five. And that was mulligan to five, and I just drew seven. And my opponent, who was a friend of mine, kept saying, yeah, yeah, but only only five. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sure, and only five. And I had no <laughs> idea what he was talking about, because like I was talking to somebody else. And I just drew seven. He was like, no, five. And I was like, what is he talking about? Can you stop playing? <laughs> and he was like, you have to go to five. I'm like, oh my god, now I have to go to four, because I drew seven. Like, oh my god. <laughs> no, seriously. So, yeah, we, we got it all wrong, and I think... Uh, if you listen to this podcast and you know how it actually works, seriously, shout out to you because I would have never guessed that. And honestly, I think the rules should actually be changed because it's actually bad. It's it's actively bad. Okay, so Go here's on. how it works. You actually put the gar- the card on the bottom first and only then decide keep or mall. So if you go to six, you've put the card on the bottom and then you decide that you go to five. So putting the card on the bottom is basically completely pointless. Like it slightly shifts the the, the yeah. amount of information the opponent has, and it's it's so bad, right? It's like it's such a waste of time that nobody ever does it. Like we don't even do it in Magic Online. But there is information to be gained there. So yeah, everyone is doing it wrong, right? But because you take turns as players, is that yeah. correct? So yeah, you basically you, you if put we the both card multi, on the bottom. if we both multi six, we'll both put a card on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then whoever's going first then makes the next decision. Yeah, and that's exactly the, the the argument Martin was making, that he actually will do it like that going forward on paper, because whether the opponent keeps a six or goes to five or even less or even fewer cards, that actually might influence every once in a while the decision which cards to put on the bottom. And I agree that is true. Mm-hmm. It's just I think they should change the rules in a way that you do it like everybody else does it. So there's not this extra waste of time where you put cards on the bottom. Like it's it slightly switches like the the information disparity in a way, but like it's it's the same for everybody. Like nobody gains something out of it. I have like, I have played like this, but just technically like doing it in slightly different order. So like if I go to six, my opponent goes to six. I'll verbalize keep or mull, and then they can make their decision. And then like you know I can put the card underneath after verbalizing it. Yeah, if but not, you're, you're, five. yeah, but you're you're supposed to put the card on the bottom before you verbalize it, before they know whether you keep or not. You, you, you yeah, get what yeah, I'm yeah, saying? true, true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. no, <laughs> it's, you're right, you're right, you're right. <laughs> it's it's so confusing because it's so. And from what I gathered, basically, the the one reason why this exists is because we have serum powder. And if you were to decide keep or mal before <laughs> putting the card on the bottom, like it would be a big nightmare of how to properly resolve the serum powder so we so magic online gets this right right so if, if you have a serum powder hand or magic online you need to put the cards on the bottom first then you choose powder which is very relevant because you get to keep sideboard cards in your deck rather than exile them oh, oh that's interesting ah see <laughs> so yeah my, my, my suggestion was that we somehow errata serum powder in a way that like Every once in a blue moon when the card actually comes up and basically only vintage these days, I guess. Mm, right. I, I would say this is a bit of a non-problem because it's only, if you're not doing it properly, it's just a slight detriment to the player not doing it properly and they can learn it and then just do it properly. Yeah, the thing so, is like if if your player base, 99%, like way more than 99%, do it the other way. And mm-hmm. even your premier way to play it, I, I would guess like even Arena does it the same, right? No, nobody puts a card on the bottom of an Arena. I, I would actually have to check, I don't know, but I would guess then maybe we should change it in that way. Because, like, okay, here's the thing. Like, if you put a card on the bottom, 
and then announce mulligan after your opponent has like put a card on the bottom and and you're like oh actually i want a mulligan i think most people would be like you can't do that what do you think i, I would think like if, if i did this on paper and like let's say like a not a local but like in a tournament where people might actually call a judge i think I, I would certainly be like you can't do that i mean as you say it's a non-problem but it's it's super interesting to me yeah mm -hmm. i think you're right i think people it would be met with a lot of people saying oh is that right or whatever but then you could just call a judge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really. Yeah, it doesn't really sound intuitive. But like generally speaking, I think um, um, I'm really pro rules that um shorten the um the, the actions basically that take a lot of time. And like mulligans to me is something that you know you can solve with like one click within like one second on Magic Online. But it takes up to a whole minute on uh on paper, right? Yeah. So like it. And like as as much as you can like you know like shave um in terms of like game preparations and sideboard time maybe and things like that i'd highly appreciate because um people time up people um unintentionally draw like all the time in paper yeah and it's not it's not getting any better right did you guys remember when it used to be that only the active player would finish their entire mulligan procedure and only the non-active player would start doing it after the first player was done so there were, was never a point in time where both players were shuffling the library it was such a waste God. of time and it was changed i want to say like six seven eight years ago and, i don't remember yeah. that but i think it's just because blocked out of memory yeah. yeah, and also a lot of people just like didn't do it. Like it also yes. like it, it shifted so, the information disparity in, in the, the non-active players' favor, of course. Yeah. But yeah, I hope that everyone good. else listening is like, yeah, of course we knew how this works. You guys are idiots. We only three that got it wrong. Yeah, everybody like subscribes to the podcast to hear like our idiot opinions. Like, oh my god, look at these guys. Like this, this is basically some kind of show where like Big Brother or Truman Show style, where they're just listening and us like, oh my god, look what they found out today. They know they know how to use a spoon today. Oh, nice. <laughs> so there was like. There was one technique I used um, in 2015 when I was really on oh, that, spike, on the, on that spike train. Oh no, it was uh, it was a cheating, but it was definitely cheating. But okay, here we go. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to this. Oh god. <laughs> so uh, so here's what I did. Um, that was that was the entirety of my day one and day two at GP Kyoto, the the one I top eight it. I like so, 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 so we rolled the die right, and every time my opponent won the die roll. I made them pick up the the seven first, and I didn't even look at my seven, right? So I was watching my opponent while while they were making the mulligan decision, and once they once they uh, said mulligan or keep or whatever, like, then I picked up my seven and said my answer. So like that that was first of all that was kind of intimidating, I think, for my opponents because they were kind of like <laughs> just like what is this guy doing? <laughs> I mean, it's basically how it works in every serious poker tournament ever. Exactly, but at the same time, I'm, I'm like I did. Ex I, I did the thing. I um, the opposite of what I wanted to do, um, like a, a minute ago, right? Of like saving time because I did exactly the opposite. You know, just like, more time. like I wasted our times and um, actively wasted our times, and I, I don't think that was ever correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but that was like an episode from like eight years ago, and yeah. So if any judges are listening to this, um, please. Uh, <laughs> You know, go easy. Take on his me. GPU away. <laughs> Take my trophy. No, didn't even get a trophy. <laughs> and speaking of like big events, I just got an email that we can announce this. Kai, this is exciting to me. This is Let's go. one of the coolest things we're about to do. We're going to Disney World now. <laughs> now, you know, there's Eternal Weekend North America coming up, and Kai and I are not going. 
Hey. Now, what we're actually doing, we're doing commentary. We will hey. be on my virtual <laughs> stage doing commentary for most of the Swiss on the first day, on December 9th, I believe that is. And we're going to do the entire top eight. So I, I know Anurag, and I'm sure there must be more people are producing this. And Kai and I are going to be in your... In your living room, wherever you watch this from your bars, is there something like a barcade for, for, for like magic tournaments? Not yet, I guess. But yeah, we're really looking forward to this. We're really Damn. excited. And that's, that's way better than Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, in, in November, we're going to be there in uh, Prague. And in December, we're going to be there commentating. Uh, in, I think it's Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. I, I gotta you better, you better know, all the, you, otherwise you're off the team. You've been to Pittsburgh before, right, Callum? No. No, you, but you've been to the US, right? That's basically yeah. Pittsburgh. It's basically. It's, it's all the <laughs> same you, thing. You were like r- roughly in that area. Well, I don't even know where Pittsburgh is. <laughs> loving it. It's in, the, loving it's in it. the pits. It's in the pits. <laughs> so yeah, stay tuned and, and make sure to watch and let Wizards know that you enjoy the coverage, hopefully, um, even though it's, it's going to feature us. And yeah, <laughs> Even though. There's a slight downside. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm so excited for this. And, oh, by the way, you know what I'm not excited for? I want to say, I'm pretty sure, I want to say, ever ever since I became a good player, which is, like, so pretentious, God. but ever <laughs> since I, I, I felt like I, I can actually, like, compete in, in, like, legacy tournaments, this is probably the worst slump I've ever been in. Like, seriously. Like, this is easily the worst. Like, you can always tell by how many play points you have on, on Magic Online, right? Hmm. Uh, you see them going up and down, and it basically, like, always tells me, okay, now it's time to play, like, a really serious deck, and then, like, when I... I sleeve up something that I know is really good so I, I can like rebuild play points and have like this cushion of like okay I can like fuck up so many times and doesn't matter and right now I'm on the on, on the lower end of that where I feel like oh god truly like you, you gotta find something that works for you and I can't even say it's frustrating just because like I've made so many changes to my life right now like new job and everything but I, I wouldn't mind if I was more successful again like what about you guys uh, how do you feel about that about um, you being crap? Or? No, yeah, about me being crap, but also like <laughs> where, where you are right now, especially since like Eternal Weekend yeah. is coming up and everything. Uh, uh, like I just uploaded uh, a video how you can go 0-10. Oh, the, oh <laughs> that was games, beautiful. If, if that, that helps. Beautiful. Yeah, dude, I almost pulled us of Atari. I almost put that. <laughs> I, I went like, what was it? Like, I think I won the last one. I went 10 Ten nine or something? Uh, no, two nine or something. Yeah, never mind. Like it was horrible. Or absolutely but horrible. I, th- I think I, th- I think this is phenomenon it happens to everyone. I think we all have our like super spiky um, periods, and then and up, right after that, like once we've um, collected a, um, enough trophies or enough good results, then we start brewing a little bit, or like we actively. I don't know why it is. Maybe it's just uh, it, maybe it's just me, but I actively put bad cards in my good decks just to find out if they're how bad they are, and then my. Uh, my win percentage drops. And then I do the same thing with other decks, you know. I, I just actively pick up worse decks, you know, decks that are like tier three or whatever. You've and been ju- play you, you've played a wild selection of decks lately. Didn't you play yeah. like the uh, the uh, demonstrate what what is it called? Mississippi River? Oh that was that was a good one. That was oh, a good yeah? one. Cause yeah, because I, I picked up the deck with no reps and uh was, you, don't, was, you don't need any reps. Like oh, <laughs> I was gonna say like how many reps do you really need? <laughs> And I, I, finished, I, fin- I finished four and one. That was not too bad. Nice. But, but for example, um, the the one the one thing that doesn't, I don't know, like it's the feet artist and elf deck, for example. And I have a lot of respect to to um to people who have done you know a lot of good work with this deck, right? Like like um, Hello Newton and all the other guys. Like also Aaron Relentless, who I mean, Drunkar. Yeah, I think Drunkar. Yeah. They, they made like top sixteen or, or thirty two at the. 
showcase challenge like that's just this weekend yeah. super excited they went crazy um like jörg um Aaron relentless i met the day before on saturday and he also went undefeated into the top eight for example this very same deck right oh and, and the, at the, the local event in hanover where you went to right exactly yeah that was like he's a chugger now dude seriously Right, and then I pick up the deck, and I, I've played. I, I've wasted so many playing points with this deck. It's insane. <laughs> like I think the best result was probably like once I did a four and one, but the rest was like all like garbage two threes and. Didn't you actually build the deck in paper? I yeah, I got that deck, and uh, I don't know, but like despite being like a complete loser on this deck, I I just keep playing it because. I don't know. It's addictive. I, I, it's certainly addictive. Yeah, because yeah, I because I, I want to find out like like what's behind this archetype because other look, clearly other people are doing great with this deck, right? So um, what what's about yeah what's about that Salvatorix dude just not getting his shit hmm. together here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But you know this can this can happen to every player. So um, I don't yeah, know. Especially absolutely. if you like yeah when you like used to like some some painter play patterns maybe and you pick up force initiative and then things don't really work yeah, out yeah for me for me it's especially about painter like i, I was or I, I am still struggling against four color like Uro, um fourth erlangas control just because like fourth erlangas always wrecks me like i i, I feel i can't play the matchup in the way i would usually play against these like tap out mid-range control decks and that's kind of frustrating and then i jump to other decks and and i feel like actually why why did i like leave painter behind it's still the deck i'm gonna play in paper and everything and probably probably gonna be the pay the deck i play the most for the next couple of years but maybe i should just go back to that i tried like demia scam i tried like i don't know like grixis diver i played boros initiative and they did okay but they didn't really spark something in me i guess i guess like blue black scam was was kind of cool to play and tried it quite a bit but yeah i don't know i you know what i really want to do i just want to play the, the super hardcore tempo style and that's why i'm always excited when there's like a good rock deck around but we'll be talking about that like in a moment questing druid baby yeah, yeah. i think i I, I think i got something to confess here but <laughs> that card is that, that card is actually pretty good <laughs> god damn it Didn't i, you, I like, was trash it last episode yeah i'm sorry everyone i i think i think i, I just said like how bad this card is and um well, you, you got to make some deck building concessions to it, and we saw that, uh, but I, I, I guess right before we get to that... Um, yeah, we'll get onto it soon. Yeah. I, I, I just wanted to share something, and that's pretty exciting, because Albert Lindblom, uh, Ali on, on Magic Online, he released data together with the Legacy Data Collection team, where he got his, his sources from, about the best decks of the last 30 days, pretty much. So he took all the data he got from the challenges, and I guess the most interesting stat there is the non-mirror win rate. There's, there's like meta share, whatever. Like he basically took the most played decks, kinda, and he ordered them by. In this sheet, okay, never mind. He actually did order them by full meta share, which is fine. But what I'm most interested in is non-mirror win rate. And the deck that actually sticks out the most, the only deck that has an over sixty percent win rate, which like in legacy terms is crazy, is eight cast. And I think a lot of people actually were like, eh, eight cast, I don't know, Orkish Bowmaster is pretty good. But eight cast manages managed to prevail and like a 30 day window is, is that's quite something to look yeah, at. It's, very, it's not like very, a weekly snapshot or something. Totally. Very surprised about that. Um yeah. Like I at first I, I, I thought that maybe they splash black for their own Orkish Bowmasters because that's what I saw in Japan, I think, like a month or two ago. They do quite often have like two in the sideboard. Or like mm-hmm. they started with maybe some main. What I'm seeing recently was quite popular. Is just playing Pyroblast on the sideboard and maybe some other red oh, cards. Really? Yeah, because the mana base kind of supports it anyway. 
So what does Pyroblast do for the 8-cast decks? Is, is that something that, that really gives them a kick? Like, how does it work for that? It doesn't stick out to me as something like, you know, surgical to hit, hit any deck. Like, it's not especially good against the um, scam decks or anything, but I guess it's just a good sideboard card. I, do, I don't okay, really so have good you, Just so I get this right, 8-cast is playing Pyroblast on the sideboard these days? Yeah. Sometimes? Yeah. Okay, I totally didn't see that. Glad, glad I'm actually listening to the podcast because I totally wouldn't have expected that. <laughs> cool. You, you know what I've been seeing for a while, and I guess that's by now it's, it's pretty much standard. Uh, that's the Petrock Automaton, mm. the, the two mana thing that, that grows whenever I think an artifact comes into play on your side. So or if you cast like an artifact spell. Cast. When you cast, even yeah. okay, okay. I adore that card. Like I kind of went off on a, a love story about the kind of the Fraction Devourer Goblin Engineer combo, but that card is great in that deck. And Patchwork is just a really, really good card. Uh, if your deck mm -hmm. can support it with obviously playing a ton of artifacts, it's just good. That's It's straight up. like Ward is a very strong ability, and especially if you can grow so it fast, it's just very yeah. powerful. I mean, yeah. Can we just agree that this is like a, a faster version of Kappa Cannoneer maybe? You know, yeah, slight, yeah, slightly yeah. worse, but it's it's like a it's like an if the mongoose and Tamogov had a baby, basically, right? <laughs> I thought the idea was that you kind of slowly go under like the the big control decks as well as like the the Orcish Bombmaster decks sometimes. You just like you get this guy down on the first turn, and then maybe like on the second turn, it's already grown to like a five five, which happens quite a bit. And then you don't care that much about Bombmaster, even though I guess it blocks twice, but still you're you're like I'm, I'm gonna get there because it also like it's kind of annoying to remove. So I, I didn't really like it when I first saw it coming up in 8-cast decks because in my head, like, 8-cast was still just, like, somewhat sluggish but super powerful deck mm -hmm. that, like, once it kicks into gears and, like, it, it has all that draw twos, draw twos, draw twos, it goes so deep. So I didn't really like the idea of, like, shifting into, like, a lower gear and, and trying to beat the game early, but maybe maybe that's how I it works. It, I, mean, I think it just puts such a fast clock on it's It's a different angle. Because sometimes the deck mm -hmm. does just go like turn one saga with an opal and a seat of the synod, and they kill you super fast. And those are the games like you you keep a hand. It's like you know mid rangey and grindy. Like you're going to fight against their thought cast and their force of will, blah blah. But then you just die to these huge things. This like really accentuates that plan. So mm -hmm. I don't think you'd always want it as like a four of. Is my gut feeling. I haven't really looked at the numbers, but yeah, it's it's a powerful card for sure. And if you can, I think they do play it as a four. four of, okay, or, actually, you know what? Presence. They're probably that's probably right. I'm looking at one now with two. If only it gets better on multiples, yeah. kind of. I'm actually just looking at some eight cast lists now, and I think I was wrong about the Pyroblast. I was thinking of the Paradoxal Outcome deck that plays it. Not oh, eight cast. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah I, I was like so surprised no, no, because right. I've actually yeah. literally never seen that. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting my, my blue eyes okay. desk confused. <laughs> okay, cool. So here's here's the second interesting fact. The second highest win percentage of all of these decks was Boros Stompy at basically 59%, which is also like outrageously high. And... I only learned this earlier this week. Did, did you know that MTG Goldfish is lying to you? That it's actually programmed to lie to you? Like, we, we can put off our, like, tinfoil hats. It's not like, <laughs> oh, mass media, what do they call it? Like, mainstream media is lying to you. Borrow Stompy. No, this is, this is, well, I guess every <laughs> every conspiracy theorist would say, that no, this is actually true. But I, I, I guess you can, like, pretty easily see that in Magic Online on Magic Goldfish. It doesn't show you Boros Stompy. So like, like, if we go to MTG Goldfish right now and we try to check the, the meta presence or like any kind of placements that the deck has made, like I go to Legacy and like watch me fuck this up because maybe they no, no, it's it. not no. there. I that, recognized this just before uh, the last four seasons. I think I was like oh, trying to write. <laughs> I was trying to write out lots of like deck lists and like rough plans and stuff, and I just 
you know like to write things down and i just didn't see that and then afterwards after it um ben bellman's like uh like didn't lose a game until the top eight with it there as well or the top eight didn't play when he didn't like lose a, a match i was like you know why is it not like higher on goldfish like people are playing it right and i was like okay well, maybe no one's playing it online i don't know but yeah you're right it's just not there yeah and what what i saw on twitter is that people actually said that this is like a, a custom block the goldfish people put in there when um what's the card called white, uh, bloom. white bloom adventure when white bloom adventure was banned apparently it was like still legal for like a couple of days i don't know on magic online and they really wanted all of these these initiative by back then was like white initiative decks not to show so they had some kind of ban in there that if your deck had white plume adventurer or some other cards that constituted an initiative deck it would hide it and it would not show it in the results that's what twitter hmm. told me and that's kind of crazy to me like that's this block still hasn't been removed. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I if see. you look at this, you're like, oh, yeah, Boris Initiative. Yeah, I guess that died. Like, and then you go into the next challenge and you, like, you get just completely destroyed. <laughs> this by is it. just the kind of thing that they'll implement. And then it's not something you'd remember because it's a small thing for the people up holding the website until someone reminds them, I guess. I, I reminded them when I saw it. Okay, uh, they, cool. they didn't really get back to me yet. I'm not, I'm not that big yet. <laughs> but I, I hope they change it because it's actually pretty, pretty shitty, right? Yeah, yeah. It's such an important deck and it doesn't show. Like you, you, you're the de facto metagame website. I guess MTG Top 8. You know, MTG Top 8 has it right. Let's, actually, let's check MTG Top 8. I respect that website so much more every single day. Yeah, it's got it as the... Where is it? Initiative Stomp. Oh, okay. Initiative Stomp doesn't really differentiate, but I guess nobody plays mono-white initiative anymore. Yeah, they got it. They got it as the... Well, fourth biggest like it doesn't really matter four percent or five percent it's there though and that's that's mm -hmm. cool so yeah just take this um uh, with a grain of salt whatever mtg goldfish tells you it's hiding borrow stumpy for you this is hashtag borrow stumpy or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess i guess i mean there's something they yeah. should be happy with it it's gonna like you know lying under the yeah. radar yeah it's actually it's, it's kind of like a cheat code right mm, exactly when you think about it like if, imagine like you had one of the best decks in the format and just wouldn't show up in the biggest website you're like yeah sure <laughs> what's what's the brain imagine if it was a combo deck yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> brainstorm decks yeah it's like yeah not nothing to worry about <laughs> uh, cool actually i picked it up the other day and i tried it while doing something else and i got wrecked but yeah the deck is really good i've i've seen like extra cloud has been doing really well with it and um michael mapson i think also like did a top eight with yep. it in the challenge on Saturday, and oh, I, nice. I can very much recommend the deck from from everything I've seen. There's just a lot of good decks in the format at the moment. I know like scams at the top, and then we've got eight casts and stompies as we say here. But like, I'm just going to read out everything on this um, this sheet that Ali posted. So there's Demir Scam, Grixis Delver, Four Color, Uro Control, Eight Cast, Reanimator, Boris Stompy, Mystic Forge Combo, Lands, Cradle Control, and Death and Taxes, and tongue-in-cheek-ish but apart from the last one you would at least be with all of them you'd say like oh that could totally take down a big tournament they're all very yeah, good decks definitely. which is really cool like i just think the format is mm -hmm. great at the moment it's really really uh, interactive as well there's a lot of as it's a good decks so you can take a lot of different options and different play styles to events there's not a lot of combo here i mean there's reanimator and like mystic forge combo but yeah, if you ever want to play against combo you just jump into a league and you get like buried on a combo it's true like especially it's true. the besieged storm decks <laughs> yeah there's a lot of them i mean that's yeah that's that's interesting right like there's there's, there's not a single besieged the mirror deck in the and this whole list no and i think i, I think the part of the reason is, is probably like the the, the heavy presence of uh, both Crixus elf and dimir scam i think those decks are definitely definitely, definitely having those like spell-based combo decks in check mm -hmm. kind of because the rest of the the rest of the list is is 
more or less soft to spell based combo. Like if I'm looking at like death and taxes, lands, eight costs is very I don't good know, insta, right? Eight, yeah, but even eight costs, like as, as you guys mentioned, right? They added the um, um the automaton mm-hmm. and dropped a few cups of Charles of the Void. I think in the in the main oh, really? deck. Yeah, like some of them do. Like they, they they went down to like three copies, up to, even up to two co- down to two copies, Wild. things like that. Yeah. Uh, but that's all part of the part of the meta game, right? Like when when there's a lot of like Boros Stompy, or I don't know, like lands or death and tax, like you don't particularly want to want to cast um Charles of the Void all that much. That's fair. It, oh, you're actually right. Yeah. I just looked at the showcase results, and we are so boosters. Come on, guys, seriously, get get, get, get some names. Okay, uh, so this person got 14th place, and they only play three chalices. And yeah, if you said if you tell me some people only play two, I, I would actually believe that. Yeah, it's it's like all part of the cycle, right? Like it's mm-hmm. for example the 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 super old discussion in Boros Stompy, like should should we play four shells of the Void main or should we play four swords of plowshares? It, you know, it's it's that sort of. You, you remember uh, when Miracles was right? down to like like two copies of swords of plowshares? This is where we wanna be. Oh, dark <laughs> oh, times. That, that was that was wild, dude. <laughs> yeah, very much very wild, much wow. <laughs> Here we go. So, Kai, I think you had a pretty hard decision to make when you went to Hanover, right? Like, right before you went, you told us, oh, you don't know what to play, like, nothing really sticks out to you. You, you had the decision to play, I think. Exactly. So Breakfast, Doomsday, and what was your, like, your third choice? Oh, I don't even... Elves? Oh, I, I think I think some some Delver deck, maybe. So, so we have, like, a, a typical, like, rock, paper, scissors theme here, right? Like, we have the Mir Scam and Grixis Delver, which are, you know, as you mentioned, like, super good versus combo decks. And then we have the combo decks, which are pretty good versus like lands uh i don't know definitely taxes and eight cars and also like the four color Uro control decks those the control decks are not prepared to beat combo these days i i want to say they, they're just like packed with removal but they don't have a lot of it almost feels like these control decks like they they almost scoop the like the four color Uro control decks like especially against fast combo that has a little bit of protection like not belcher but let's say the epic storm or something oh yeah it almost so, feels like maybe they're like i mean they're not actively scooping the first game of course but it almost feels like Oh, to- to- totally, yeah. Don't see a lot of endurance in the main board. Like, dress down doesn't see a lot of play these days. And with six forces, you're not going to beat a, uh, a combo deck, like, ever. And especially not if you're a Yorion deck, right? And yeah. I th- do they still play Yorion? Oh, my God, they do, right? Like, some of the... Yeah, some of them do. But, you know, thanks to those decks, we have this triangle because the, the four-color Uro decks and the and, and lands and Death and Tax, they, they kind of keep the Demir Scam and Grixis Elva in check, sort of. And, you know, that that's where the, the circle ends, right? So we have this, like this real super nice triangle, and um, but that being said, I think the there are different percentages in terms of like how many players play those archetypes. And uh, when I when I picked up Doomsday for that um, eighty six player t- and paper event on Saturday, I, Wait, I H- Hanover was like that big. Eighty six players. It was not bad, right? Holy shit! Yeah, eighty six. Like not bad. All of the, the entire city came together. I think so, yeah. <laughs> oh, like, any, like strangers. Okay, I, I would have guessed like forty or something, like eighty-six. Dude, yeah, we had like, like seven. We, we had MKMs that, like the smallest MKMs, were slightly bigger than that. It was pretty packed. Yeah, seven rounds into uh, in the top eight, and uh, I mean that's like a whole other topic. But um, spoiler: alert, I, I lost the goblins in, within five minutes. First round in, in the in the quarterfinals or no in the first round of the Swiss. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. I was having too high hopes. <laughs> and I, I, I just want to give like a big shout out to all Goblin players out there because like my opponent, he didn't know what Doomsday does and he just didn't give a shit about <laughs> what I did. He just, he like like all of his all of his cards, I think even all his sideboard cards were not there to beat any combo decks. He just did his thing. 
and gosh, Moxus is fast. Holy smokes, Except, um, especially with Goblin Chieftain. Yeah, Goblin Chieftain, and, and I, I guess, uh, did he use the, the sticker goblins? He didn't even need the sticker goblin versus me. <laughs> it's like, what is the sticker shit? No, I'm just going to march you out and, and kill yeah. you. Now, all I remember is, is that this all is so I remember perfect. is that opponent had a cavern assaults and goblin lackey while I was staring at my force and days, and I didn't. Yeah, and they didn't draw my bandage. So um, <laughs> oh, I man, <laughs> man, that's why you splash right for a doomsday. Come on, such a noob mistake. I've been on like a huge yeah. goblin kick bad. recently. I've played it the last few locals I've played and stuff, and I kept a hand against scam last week. That was like cavern lackey and Muxus on the play, and nothing else. Like good, I like no other lands. <laughs> Like three ringleaders or something stupid, and I was like, "You don't have the fatal push," and he died turn two. Oh, this is so great! <laughs> I do love it. Dude, I've been there so many times in Magic Online lately. But like yeah. I, I've I've grown to sometimes you know force of will just like a stupid chromox or something on a first turn when, when I feel like oh man that I gonna have you know when you know when if you do that they always have a second chromox hundred percent yeah of course <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but the thing I like so much about goblin players is just is that they're so chill and they just don't I don't. It doesn't matter if anything sick happens to the format or if the format is healthy or not. They just keep playing goblins, you know. It's true. They are one of the most dedicated, maybe the most dedicated kind of players to their deck. Oh, Actually, yeah. That, yeah, that's a good point. Like, is there, is there any deck that has a stronger, more faithful following? Like, people have been playing goblins. They sometimes been playing goblins ever since like two thousand four. Yeah, basically. I don't think so. <laughs> like, lands is yeah. probably and and lands and death and taxes. I would say are behind, but next. But I think goblins are the most dedicated. Yeah, it's more like a cult almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Like no, no, nobody like randomly shows up to a tournament. And is like, yeah, I'm meta gaming by playing goblins today. I'm yeah. Like, oh, oh, dude, no, no I mean, not happening. I mean, some of my goblins friends. Uh, shout out to like Marcelo and stuff. I, uh, you know, remember the Eternal weekend that we top aided Julian, the one in Paris. I met yeah, 2016. Yeah, I saw Marcelo, my friend, who's he only plays goblins and has always played only, only played goblins, and he was there with a few other friends. And I played one of his friends around before who was on goblins, and they were all chatting and chatting and stuff. And then as we got into the conversation, they'd all been like um, best men at each other's weddings and stuff. Like they they are just <laughs> like bonded by goblins, and they've been friends for ten years because they all play <laughs> goblins and they go to each other's weddings and stuff. It's amazing. So yeah, was that like a goblin theme to the wedding or something? <laughs> Everyone's a goblin yeah. if you think about it. I, I went to, uh, I told you this, right? I went to a Game of Thrones themed wedding, which if you know Game of Thrones, a wedding is not a good place to be. I've never watched this. Yeah. So I can't comment there. But oh, okay. everyone dies. Kai, did you guess. watch Game of Thrones? No, I just watched Star Wars. Oh, come Wars. on, guys. Come on. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging. Okay. Everybody chat. You, you, you uh, chat. Like, we're not streaming here. But everybody, you know, who's following us, you, you got me, right? You, you know what I mean. Okay. Anyway, um, Kai, tell us about Hanover. So you lost the first round to Goblins. Did you immediately drop or what happened afterwards? It was, I, I think our uh, table finished like the very first because the, the games were fast so quickly. And on and, and the second, in the second um, round, I got paired against um, another Doomsday player. And I also lost the first game within like a minute or two. And, and that was like the point where, it, and throughout the day, where I'm like, okay, well, it's, it's one of those days, right? Mm -hmm. And there are certainly those days, but I somehow, I just, I don't know just got my shit together and uh, just kept winning. And I got paired like runner, runner, runner versus decks that are all good versus Demir Scam. And that's like exactly the, the rock, paper, scissors things I, I was um, talking about earlier, right? Like I got paired against um, Naya Depths twice, for example, and they just keep claiming that they have a crazy good Demir Scam matchup. Mm -hmm. Which I which I can believe. I, I thought you were about to say like they claim that they have a really good doomsday matchup, and I was like, I don't know. About oh, that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that either. Yeah, 
And also against an 8-cast opponent on the Patchwork Automaton, instead of a Chalice of the Void, which cost him the game. But mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, like I, I, I kept winning and um, ended up being 5-1 uh, five, one, five, one, and then ID'd into the top 8 to then lose um, again within 5 minutes against Blue-Black blue Reanimator, a Demir Reanimator deck. Was really surprised to see a careful study Ooh, so on turn old school, one. Though. That's yeah. super old school, right? Remember, like 2000, like 10, 11, like even nine, eight, seven. Like that—that that was the way to play reanimator, blue, black reanimator. Like nobody didn't even think about like no mono black, no no Raktos, no any kind of other color combinations. It was like blue, black reanimator, and it also made made the most sense. I think Channel Fireball back then pushed the deck a lot. A lot of them played that at some GP, I believe, and that was the de facto way to play reanimator. I totally, and, yeah. Like Todd Anderson, like those guys, like they definitely played that deck. I, 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 sure, sure, sure. <laughs> cool. So, 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 so was like anything special about that, or it, it, it is was it like a, the way you would imagine it to be built? Basically, we we played the mirror. I want to say, except they played like the reanimated package, and I played the doomsday package. But the mana base was <laughs> kind of identical, and the spells were also kind of identical. But man, goddammit, Gristlebrand just hit me so hard. I I haven't played against a Gristlebrand in like weeks. Yeah. I feel, and that creature is. Just, you know, I mean, if you don't have Bowmaster, it just still slaps. I remember back then, people would always say, like, that blue-black reanimator is the combo slayer. It's, it's literally the one deck that you don't want to play against with, with combo because it's like this card, it has counter spells, free counter spells, and it can kill you in a single turn. Oh, yeah. It's like so probably the nightmare matchup for any combo deck. Totally. But but then you realize that you you play a Doomsday deck, which has exactly the same spells. So it's, it's yeah. kind of, it, was, it, was, it was not that bad. Um, I maybe should not have taken that many mulligans, maybe. But yeah, I don't know. Um, it's, it's interesting when you compare the two, right? If you're Doomsday, you're literally only trying to resolve a single spell, after which you have a very good shot at winning, even though you've got to pass the turn a lot of times, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are trying to resolve two cheaper spells, usually one and two mana, and they they have a lot more variety in them, right? They can have, like, Entomb, they can have, well, I guess in that case, Careful Study, they also have, like, a, a couple of different uh, animation, reanimation spells. So I, I couldn't even tell you. I guess I'd rather be on the reanimator side just because of, of the variety and like their, their enablers also are card draw and careful study, whereas you only have four cards that you want to resolve. So Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. so. But on the other hand, like you also have a lot of uh, dead cards in your deck, right? Like I, I never want to draw a Gristlebrand, for example. Uh, you can you can say the same about Thassa's Oracle, but I, I was only... going to say actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Thassa's Oracle is like somehow castable still, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and also Doomsday is is way harder to hate than a Reanimator post sideboard. That's true. That's also right. true. So, so the... what did you end up winning for for your top eight? Oh, I got yeah, I got a nice a playset of Force of Vigors. That's for my okay. uh, feet on this and elf deck, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and Force of Vigor is actually like pretty expensive. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's are... something. Okay, I'm actually looking it up right now. There was something. I but... thought they were like, yeah, they're like 25 euros or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you, you got like a, like a hundred euro on cards. That, that's Dude, pretty but good. it was it was a really nice pickup. I think at this at this point, like any card, any Magic the Gathering card that uh, that destroys Usa Saga is a good Magic card because uh, <laughs> I yeah I don't know about you guys. Like how how do you feel about Usa Saga? That card is just so cracked. Dude, that card smokes. is so good. Like I, I've talked about this before on the podcast. Whenever I play against eight cast with let's say Painter for example, and Painter also like heavily relies on Usa Saga. I've always felt I wanted Moon Effects just because they had Spear. Uh, Shadow mm -hmm. Spear, so mm -hmm. they had Trample, and usually their constructs were even bigger. So I always felt like we, I, I'm just like the much worse Urza Saga deck. The only upside I have is I can like randomly luck out with the combo or like get a, get a grindstone down through a Chalice and one. That's my experience exactly as well. I, I'd only use, lose that matchup to big 
fast construct beats with Shadow Spear. Yeah. That's it. it. It feels so weird, right? But I, I did, I started doing that, and honestly, I will probably keep doing it going forward against Eightcast. So yeah, that's mm. that's my thoughts on Rosa Saga. It's one of my favorite cards ever printed, especially maybe my favorite card ever like printed in the last ten years or something. I really, really like the card. I love the design. Uh, I agree. But yeah, it's it's super powerful. I love it as well. It's it's very it's it's an amazing thing that it's become a pillar of the format essentially. This new pillar, but it's it's like you know you need to build into it enough, and it's weak to enough things that it's not oppressive. But it's still like powerful enough to create all these sub archetypes and stuff. Like, I don't think eight cast would be very good without it. Or painter is definitely a lot worse without it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it completely transformed painter, yeah. right? I think painter also like used to have like main deck moon effects and kind mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it took a lot of convincing for some people to to drop them in favor of playing also saga. But I yeah. think like by now everybody is, is lands like, completely change of course. How powerful it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, guys, uh, th- there's one more thing I want to look into, and that's the results of the Legacy Showcase Challenge on the weekend. By the way, I'm so stupid. <laughs> I wanted to play this one because I have, like, way too many QPs. And I was like, okay, let's let's just, like, use this on this Legacy Showcase Challenge. It's basically a free roll, and, and you, you can win some prizes. I mean, I guess that's how a free roll works. <laughs> and I... It took me quite a while to decide which deck to play. I kind of wanted to play Bor- Borrow Stompy, but then I didn't because I just... For as good as it is, it's just like I didn't see myself playing it for nine rounds plus potentially three more. Uh, a man can dream, right? So I put together Demir's Scam, got a nice list from, I think I, I like leeched something from Eco Baronin or something like one of the first names I recognized of people lately playing it. And I put it on Magic Online, on Card Hoarder. And like, shout outs to Card Hoarder, they're amazing. Not shout outs to Magic Online or like how they handle card names and everything because it took me like 10, 12 minutes to properly get the deck onto Magic Online and ordered from Card Rider because there were constantly cards missing. There was Lorian revealed missing because, like, the weird character. Then there was, Troll like, Troll of Kazadu. Yeah. Exactly, oh, yeah. You, you've yeah. been there before, right? <laughs> there were so many stupid cards missing, and I had to go back and reorder and reorder and reorder. And you know how it works for, for like, boring lending services. When you, you're right before the big tournament, they're a little bit busier, and it takes a little bit more. And then I would even go and buy some of the stupid cards. Like, Troll, I actually went out to the bots and bought it. And then at some point, I was like, okay, oh, fuck, there's one more card missing. And, like, time was ticking down, and I just couldn't make it in time. And honestly, it didn't feel bad, right? If it's, like, Sunday, and it's, like, 5 p.m. in in Germany, and you feel like, okay. Well, I I missed out on spending my QPs on that, and I later learned I can still do that next month. So, hey, that's cool. Or, or like, at least two months from now or something. But, yeah, I I didn't get to play it. But usually there's, like, two to 300 people playing these, right? Yeah, this was over 300, right? This one, no, this one was like three two three or something. It was huge. That's insane. I didn't I didn't That's actually insane. look at the exact numbers, but I just saw someone tweet like just before it started, saying like, "Oh my god, there's so many people." So I wonder if we ever get to like ten rounds. I think this says we the, the, the highest we ever play is nine rounds. Yeah, ten is what five hundred and something. Uh, don't even ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we're getting there. No, but. no, it, it, it must probably be less uh, because I once played 10 in a qualifier, like when Bazaar of Moxon was big, and I played 10 rounds on a Friday and I went 8 and 2, and I literally got nothing because I was like 17th. <laughs> and I don't think we had 500 for that. But yeah, it's it's something that might actually happen at some point. And at that point, dude, it goes really yeah. deep into the night. Maybe, maybe I, the part of a part of the reason is that um, we are, that there's the. Um, the big tournaments coming up, the eternal weekends, maybe, and people want to get like, maybe like a few reps before they go into those events. 
Yeah, yeah, I think the, the, I think that might actually factor into it. I, I think the biggest thing is that just like a lot of people, they have a lot of QPs lying around, and whenever there's like a free tournament to play yeah. that has like okay prices, then people just jump into it, and yeah, I think that's what happens for these. And you know, when we look at the top eight and top sixteen, there's actually a couple of really cool decks in there. So the winner, uh, our friend from Italy, Sio Francona, playing. Is this like Team Italia, Italy pile? What, what do we want to call this? This is basically what like everybody in Italy plays, like literally everyone. Well, it's got Uro, it's got Teferi, Brainstorm, Ponder, Swords. It's got one interesting the thing. The One Ring and four up the Beanstalk. Like this is literally um, the most Italian deck I've ever seen since since like Mentor, Mentor America. I don't know, like everyone's playing this online as well. It, it's just four color mid-range. That's true. But they have three Medic Veil of Summer, which I think is... Pretty cool shout. Dude, that's disgusting, actually. <laughs> oh, so yeah. it's it's heavily targeting beating Scam, of course, and I'm sure he does beat Scam with this deck. Yeah, I mean, it just looks really good. I I struggle to differentiate between like all these piles at the same, and then like someone going, no, no, they have one more dress down than me, and like one more terminus and whatever. It's like cool, but it. I think the biggest difference is whether whether or not you play Yorian, because I think when you don't play Yorian, you don't always play the One Ring. Yeah. So that there's sometimes piles that just like go hard on, on the beanstalk and they don't have Yorian. But I think once you go to Yorian, you you just like need to fill up and then the one ring definitely goes in. Once you go Yorian, you something Borean. Yeah, you you need to put on the rings. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I mean, there's also like non-Yorian decks, I guess, that try this. But yeah, usually they they, they look like this. Like we what do we see here? Except for like the three ways. They already had that in the past because I remember when we were at Four Seasons, mm -hmm. I played against a friend of um, Ange Angelo Cadet. Mm -hmm. And dude, I, I I was like, oh, you're playing Angelo's deck, and he was like, no, we made it together. Like, oh. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they did. Like, I, I was actually coming off it like yeah. a, as a little bit well, like weird term, I guess. Kai I, Kai I beat like, Zero by like through main deck veils game one. <laughs> oh yeah, easy peasy. Is, is main deck whale the name of the game these days in Legacy? This is crazy because I lost with Painter because they had main deck whale and I did not anticipate. Yeah, it. I think I mean it's one of these things where it's so good against the top of the format, and the deck is now so powerful against everything else that you just afford to, like you know this extra card when you're drawing so many cards off rings and beanstalks and stuff you're just like oh i can have this crap card that you know i chuck to a brainstorm where i just have in my hand it's fine <laughs> maybe like the, the biggest trend these days for those um, uro decks or three four or five color decks is that you you don't see a lot of planes focus in those decks mm -hmm. right like even this this is like a 80 card deck and you might think that a lot of cards might fit into this 80 card decks but uh, no no nope. just three teferis that's it yeah Minskaboo has just yep. disappeared, right? It's been usurped by Fourth Air Lingus slash the one damage from Bowmaster's ETP. Killing it on the ETP is pretty powerful. Or killing the Oh, Minsk that's so yeah. bad. Oh my god, that, 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 basically, like, that murders Minskaboo, right? Oh, you get a hamster for from Anna's. Nice, cool, you got yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. and then like the drawing cards as well, but I don't know how does that work. Anyway, but Fourth Air Lingus is just like a better bomb to slam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know which deck actually excited me the most out of the top eight? I mean, you probably can already tell. I, I already talked about it. Is it? It's Daniel Gutschert's School Ducats, winner of GP Niagara Force mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. Seventh place. Uh, mm -hmm. Actually, 
well, you can't really trust these rankings on Magic Online, but yeah, basically top eight. And he played Rock Questing Beast. No, no. Questing <laughs> 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 Beast? <laughs> <laughs> come on. Dude, uh, how, how, how many people have made this mistake like all the time? I, I think I even did it like on the last that podcast. That sounds no. like a standard deck. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it might actually be. Does standard still exist? Like, I don't know. No, he played Questing Druid Rock. So it's only creatures where four Marktide Regent, four Dragon Rights Channeler, and four Questing Druid. So, you know, no, I don't know. No Tarmogoth, of course. No Nimble Mongoose. I'm sorry. No, no Delver. Yeah. This is straight, straight up mid range, right? This is not even trying to like. I guess it kind of tempos you because there's like days and and wastelands in there, and most of the stuff really only have costs two, two very interesting creatures in the sideboard. You got two creatures. Oh, it got Uro in the <laughs> yeah, sideboard. Two Uros in the sideboard. Dude, what's going on there? I didn't even notice yeah. that. So this is like the the the, the ultimate commitment to the mid range plan, yeah. right? If if you want to go super mid, I get switch decks. What do you do that against Delva decks? Like the yeah. other tempo yeah, decks? Yeah, bigger because he's got yeah. three unholy heat, which is going to be like fighting over probably other moat tides and to kill trolls. Obviously, very important. Troll, yeah, trolls the big yeah. one that kills. I mean, this deck is just oh. very well built. I'll say, it's it's the classic. I brewed a deck and it's Delva, but there's actually some really clever in additions so there's two enchantments there's two seal of removal and you might be like oh seal of removal that's like quaint why didn't you just play a vapor snag or something but there's a few reasons for this one is very obviously it turns on delirium for dragon rage channel which is always a bonus two turns on delirium for unholy heat which as we just said is very important to kill troll of Kazas doom these days i guess if you're playing this grindier mid-range thing against the control decks you will need to kill Uro sometimes I mean like double bolting in Uro just feels awful so at least this is a one card <laughs> and it's you lose a card in exchange yeah sometimes it's just like a tempo play to get Uro off the board for another turn yes I mean if you play a mirror the, quest, the questing druids could get pretty big as well out of bullet range I know but Unholy Heat if you can you know get it on it's pretty good then additionally it's the the timing of questing druid makes seal of removal so much better so, you know, you get this window where you can only cast them until the end of your, ne- end, of your next end step. Mm-hmm. But if you hit a, a Vapor Snag or a Brazen Borrow or something, it's not going to do the job. But here, you just get to play the Seal of the Removal and then keep it there on board, which is... It's pretty powerful. Like It's, it's just very smart. I would never have thought of playing Seal of Removal myself. Oh. So, yeah. really cool. Yeah, Daniel mentioned that. I Daniel mentioned um, playing Seal of Removal exactly because of Questing Druid, but he, he wasn't too high on it. Like, it sounded like it could be something mm-hmm. else. But he certainly wanted it to be something that, as you mentioned, you can play on your main phase uh, of Questing Druid. And even sometimes just for the mana efficiency, right? When you have, like, mana early on that you don't need, you can basically pump it into Seal of Removal. You, you lose the surprise effect, of course, but also, you, you get to have more mana. How sick is it with Questing That's Druid? It. Like, you then bounce the Questing uh, Druid to then draw cards again. Dude, the, that could be, like, a whole draw engine again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's how that's how you do the late game. You just just keep bouncing your your own questing through yeah. it. Oh, the only thing we still need is something that allows you to play enchantments from your graveyard. Is there something like that, like Crucible of Enchantments or something? <laughs> oh, like, I was gonna say like Lurus. All of his generous probably yeah. be insanely broken if it existed or something. Yeah. <laughs> like there's probably like infinite seal of removal loops that would actually make that. Well, work. Uh, Peter White, who is Power Twenty Two, he was playing uh, questing through it, but in like four color mid range with Colligan's command. So you. You do it, then it oh dies, and Colligan's command it back, and yeah. <laughs> Dude, well, actually, what, 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 is, what is Chase up to? Um, um, what, what is Strive for doing these days? Because this sounds like all decks that are built in the same I played spirit. against Chase last week, and he crushed me with a um, Obosh deck, actually. Obosh? Yeah. What, what, what does Obosh, Obosh do is again? that everything has to be an odd mana cost. So we had, like, Ignoble oh. Hierarch into Dak Fade, Noturo, and then he had Furies and Force of Will, and... Cantrips. Mm-hmm. It seemed pretty good. Okay, that's something. Yeah. 
But, you, but, but I also noticed Daniel only has two wastelands, by the way. That, I guess that also like feeds into the whole story of this being like less tempo-y and more mid-range. Yeah, it's a very Daniel thing as well. It only... <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really cast anything in the deck. Like, it doesn't even... I mean, the question drew it, I guess. That's it, really. Whereas the other decks have like Bowmasters and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Uro Postboard. Sure. Hey, here we go. <laughs> but yeah. This is this is something you know. This is actually something I want to load up and play on Magic Online right away because this is very much down my wheelhouse. This is like this is the kind of deck I want to play. Maybe even more mid rangey, more uh, more tempo y. I want to say. But if this is gonna be good going forward, I, I would love to keep mm-hmm. playing this. But yeah, it's it, it just feels like it's it, a little bit like a flavor of the week, right? Don't you feel? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's, to me, for as much as I want wanted to stick around, it, it just feels like. People are going to play it, maybe, and then it's going to fade away after, like, two weeks. And I hope I'm wrong, because I love this deck, and I want it to be really good. But we will see. Like, at some point, somebody's going to put Stifler in there and tell you how this is the next coming of Rock Driver. And then it's good. Like, there's also, like, this... this Stifle and it, right? uh, Questing Druid are not great friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> or for the actual Robins, just, like, play Seek the Beast in response to a fetch land and hit the Stifle. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! god. Damn it, dude. <laughs> and then they've they've, they've lost the storm. You or yeah. something? Yeah, I mean your, your opponent's gonna shit talk you for like months for this, right? If this <laughs> yeah. actually happens, seek the yeah. beast into Stifle. <laughs> so lucky. Cool. There's so. Oh, you you guys want to say something more about this deck or? Oh, uh, next deck. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's actually it's two decks. I, I don't think there's too much to say about them right now. I just noticed that uh, XJ Cloud and Luino, I think those guys usually like work together on Death and Taxes or something. Yeah. Like, I, I always see them coming up as like twins or I don't know. Those, those two they, are in tune sure. that. Yeah. They do, right? And they both played Boros Initiative. Uh, XJ got, well, it says second place here, like at least after Swiss, and Luino got ninth place. Mm-hmm. And I think their list is pretty similar. And I guess I've, I, this is almost this is actually the exact same list I also played. I, I guess we all copied from the same person. <laughs> I just don't remember who it was. It looks the same. <laughs> Even the sideboard is, is exactly the same. Yeah, we definitely we copied somebody else. And yeah, looks looks like this deck will keep performing. Yeah, it's a very good deck. I think it's still still here to stay, but it's a, at a good power level now. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah, there was something that like oh my god, dude! I, oh. You know when I played this deck. And and I tried it out. I had one game, and I remember that was actually the last game where I played it. I literally had on the play turn one fourth Erlingas. It's not. It's not forget just what red white go. No no no. I, I had three <laughs> men. I, I, know, I, I know. actually <laughs> made it. Like, okay. 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 They force it. Second turn. I'm like okay fourth Erlingas. They fucking force it. Third turn. I'm like now I got them. They spell pierce it. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> throw my computer against the wall and I literally lost like three turns the later. The got I, got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I felt pretty good about that hand. When, like I literally thought, okay, the, I need to draw like one land my first two draws to make it like turn one, turn two, turn three, fourth, and I guess I'm totally gonna cr- crush them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that didn't work. But overall, the card is amazing. The card is really good. And yeah, we'll, we'll see a lot more of it going forward. Absolutely. You know who's my biggest hero in Let's that go. challenge? You, you guys can already see it in the show notes. And if you, like, you people all around the world, except for, I think, New Hampshire was the last? No, no, no. It was, like, West Virginia was one of the states that didn't listen to us. We, we Like, we have proper statistics now. Out of all the American states, I think last episode, only West Virginia didn't have anybody listening to us. So, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you you got to work on that, America. You got to work on that. So everybody all around the world except for West Virginia, you will not guess which deck got a top 16 in one of the biggest legacy tournaments, online tournaments of the year. Actually, also like real tournaments of the year. And that is Frisky Man. 
<laughs> playing. I got a drum roll here somewhere. I think this one. Burn. <laughs> God. <laughs> 19 mountains straight up in your face. Burn. <laughs> Probably made a ton of money. Like won the cost of a stack several times over by getting the 15th place. <laughs> Dude, this is amazing. And somebody actually told me, let, let me look this up. Somebody told me that they are actually like the burn master or something. Nice. They, they oh. played so much burn. I was about up. to say, like, yeah, it, yeah, could, yeah, be a, dude, it, it could be a cool medical, like, if you, if the format is just randomly everywhere. Yeah, dude, they, they graduated from Pauper Burn, where they got, like, insane results this year, to Legacy Burn. And, like, they jumped straight into Legacy Burn and immediately got the top 60 in the Legacy Showcase Challenge. $71. So, if you want to put dude, your money like, somewhere, get burned. Kai, you could actually pick that up in paper as well. Yeah, that's just a, such a heartwarming story. <laughs> oh, cheesy, cheesy. Okay. But, like, dude, like, he probably, he probably crushed uh, Demir's scam left and right, probably. Yeah, dude. I bet he, like, skewered the critics. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I quit the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry. From now on, we are probably like a skewer the critics podcast. <laughs> I'm going to spray on cast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, this li- this this list is straight from the I don't know from like seven seven eight years ago maybe this this has this deck has nothing fancy to it. It is the most. <laughs> stock burn deck you can possibly imagine yeah the thing is if you if you ask me to build a burn list these days i think i would have built 59 out of the 60 exactly this way and then the one pyrostatic pillar i don't know what i would have put there maybe that's actually how you do it i have no idea but yeah this is this is literally like you mentioned right this is the most most standard burn list that you would imagine legacy if something like that actually exists. i don't know that one pyrostatic pillar like to me everything else is a four of and there's 19 mountains one pillar the OCD in me is like, why is that not a mountain? So they've clearly thought of it, and it's right. So, if this was a mountain, it would actually be a quad laser yep. list. Quad laser with yeah. twenty mountains, beautiful. <sighs> yeah. for, for those who don't know, like quad laser, that was like a, a dredge term, like over ten years ago, where dredge literally played four offs in every single slot, and then the sideboard you went like four four three, right? Because you can't go, yeah. can't play six. The sideboard is four four three and as well. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. This is this is one card moving into a mountain away from being a quad laserless, which is always a work of art. <laughs> you became so close. I mean, maybe that's why they didn't top eight. I, I think I'm pretty sure. That's or that. no, <laughs> I'm gonna say this pillar won most of their games to get top sixteen. Yeah, this is pretty cool. Yeah, four goblin guide, four Eidolon, four monastery swift spear, four prize of progress, four lightning bolt, four fire blast, four lava spike, four rift bolt, four chain lightning, four skewer the critics. And that's your burn deck. Oh, you know what I love, by the way, in the sideboard? Four exquisite firecrafts. Dude, I want people to f- exquisite firecraft the four color decks so, so badly. And then they're going to be like, think, that's cool, I'm on 30 like, life. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I think it actually gets around the ring as well, right? Uh, probably not. If there are two or more instant under sorcery cards in your graveyard, this spell oh, can't be yeah, counted. Yeah, you can't target them. Okay, it sucks. Uh, I, I would have... It would have been so close. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was like can't be prevented or something. Or, or yeah, but you, you still wouldn't be able to target them in the first yeah. place, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. I, okay. Like like we are not we are no burn experts by any means, but like this searing blood looks really, really good. Like I would even consider putting it into the main deck already because of Orkish Bowmaster. I think that's like, one of the biggest biggest burn discussions for years, right? You sometimes see it on the main. <laughs> No, seriously, like when I was playing like a lot of elves, I was like, why is this only ever in the sideboard? This is so good against me. And then like the burn people that gave me the talk about like how it's not very good against certain decks and it's just like that. And like, okay, okay. Yeah, I think I Legacy see, I see. has enough like just good burn spells to just go face, face, face game one. And then you adjust game two because you also have the, the landfall one, but the, it's not here because they've only got basics, no fetches. 
the Searing Blaze. Mm-hmm. So I think those cards are much more common in modern, where it's it, or it has been historically more creature centric. Whereas here, you just like fire blast your face, ignore your creatures. Mm. So, as as a big burn expert, obviously, <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I'm gonna call it. That's gonna be at least one burn in the top eight of one of the three tournament weekends that we're gonna see. Yeah, and it's gonna be <laughs> Kai, right? <laughs> 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 the, the, the the camera like moves so on to be, be a real kai. Are you allowed to play like wearing a face mask or like like something that completely conceals your face? Did, did I did I ever told you that I, I was wearing sunglasses at my tournament with the first GP I attended? Oh, and we then talked people, about that. Oh, right? yeah. so cringy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you must have felt so cool, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. By the way, in speaking of cool stuff, before we close this out today, Callum, you have some explaining yourself to do. I do want to just because... mention one more deck in the in the showcase top eight. Um, okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's try to detract very okay, quickly, sure. but then we can go into that making fun of me. Um, I just want to give Freudian Slip a shout out. They top eighted with death and taxes and lost the quarters, but they were the only one going nine zero. I think they had a concession in the last round just to get like lunch, uh, some food yeah. and stuff. But anyway, they crushed the Swiss with a sixty card DNT list, and so I was interested in you know seeing the discussion. So I went to the DNT Discord, and they were like, "No, it's completely uh, for budget reasons. They cancelled their rental thing recently, and the deck is only one hundred and forty nine ticks on Magical Line." And, That's insane. and with, like with two, their winnings, two, they two then bought the rest for Yorian. But I just thought it's really cool that they did so well with a kind of budget thing for Magic Online. And, you know, it's not the better version of Death of Texas by most people's agreement now as well. So shout out to them for doing really well with it. Didn't they play like some weird fox or something? Yeah, yeah. here it is. Werefox Bodyguard. Yeah. What does Werefox Bodyguard Elf do? Fox Knight. Holy shit. It's a really, shit. really cool card. It has pretty cool artwork. Yeah. For those who have not been blessed with the knowledge of Werefox Bodyguard, <laughs> let me introduce you to a 2-2 creature for a colorless white-white creature Elf Fox Knight, Flash. When Werefox Bodyguard enters the battlefield, exile up to one other target non-Fox creature until Werefox Bodyguard leaves the battlefield. And for a colorless and a white, you can sacrifice Werefox Bodyguard and gain two life. It's a shame it doesn't have the so, old templating where you could like sack it in response to the ETB. But, mm-hmm, but wizards mm-hmm. are cowards. But yeah, yeah. But this way you still get to do it like twice, right? If you have like a wild and a and a flicker wisp, let's say. So you bring it in, it targets something, then in response you flicker wisp it out. Mm, the one time yeah, until Rafox leaves the battlefield. Mm, it, oh no, no, yeah, you, 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 I guess you're right because it doesn't have the the, the clause of like when this leaves. Yeah, that you could like cheat around by having flicker wisp. Yeah, okay. They've okay, stopped okay. doing that, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah. But Hashtag dumb, dumb, dumbing down legacy. I don't know. Like, I mean, it, it, I see why they do it because it also creates like weird scenarios. Everybody remembers like LSV, the triple oblivion ring, crushing magic online. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Cool, but, cool card. Cool card. Yeah, definitely a nice card to uh, you know put it to show and tell. <laughs> so actually, do something. Yeah. Also, quick shout out to the one and only Lightwalker Robert on Painter in twelfth. He just, I just love him. He's always repping Painter. Went seven two for twelfth place. Uh, that was that was like a car in the great creator. Yeah, list, right? no furies as well. well no, no, no main furies. deck furies. I was almost right, like warming up to the idea of playing putting Karn back. Like no furies. Oh, that's. I think just because uh, like it's pretty rough against Scam. If if they reanimate mm-hmm. it, it's the thing. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's really bad. But Robert, he he loves his mono red, and he just plays the deck so absurdly well. So it's always cool to see. 
Awesome. Maybe I'll try this again. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, I I spotted something on the Everyday Journal Discord the other like last week basically where like you and Benedict Gruber like you guys were like just like basically spitballing around like weird deck ideas and I thought you guys were completely trolling <laughs> but then like like okay here's the idea somebody posted a list and I think it was Aspiring Spike in Modern yeah. where they cascade into Beanstalk mm -hmm. because they're like you know Beanstalk is so insanely good it's actually worth cascading into like nobody needs rhinos or whatever <laughs> like living end like no we literally want this two mana enchantment that draws us a card when it comes to play <laughs> and this is so good we want to cascade into it and we want to cascade into it hard so you guys were talking about this on the discord and i was like oh okay this is like a meme building up in legacy and then like all of a sudden like you guys kept sharing screenshots of how you've already been doing this for a while i was like oh dude this is this escalated quickly and then shortly after you posted something where you have like four beanstalks in play like your hand is like 27 cards or something and like it's bigger than your library yeah. you're like yeah drawing cards is nice yeah so i just thought i'd jam it like it's just taking a modern deck putting it into legacy and benedict posted the list first and i was like right i'll jam it um <laughs> pretty funny anecdote he posted this without a sideboard so i thought i'd make my own so i put some mind break traps some other stuff i had a cute idea oh to yes. put a single ethos one canonist and a single um What's another and a single rest in peace so against the, the combo decks where they're good you side out the beanstalks and cascade into it so i did that oh that okay but that's cool i forgot to put a urine in my sideboard so <laughs> i just played an 80 card deck for the first couple of leagues <laughs> which there we go but um yeah yeah uh, and, and, and like how many cascaders did you play like obviously you played like four shardless agents did you also play, play like wild outburst and unplea four agent four ardent plea two outburst i believe yeah this is this, yeah. is this is disgusting and <laughs> honestly the deck has a lot of potential i think the build was had definitely some tuning to go like i just kind of took whatever he posted and thought yeah this is good enough the mana could do with a little bit of tweaking which we discussed about change the triumphs and stuff and i played a mirror actually in one of the leagues against sca scavenging boost. of course it's yeah yeah <laughs> and oh my god the bean advantage is crazy <laughs> but did you actually deck yourself so in the screenshot that I, I sent to the discord i think i have i'm looking at it now i have 19 cards in my hand and i could have decked myself by turn 10 in this urian deck very easily so yeah you you do draw an absolute metric shit ton of cards so i mean the idea of the deck is just like if you haven't seen the modern deck is you just cascade into beanstalks as fast as possible and then you have force of will solitude and fury as these pitch cards which you know draw as you go and then the deck just kind of like <laughs> pun intended, cascades into more card advantage, and then you get more beans into play, and then you draw more five drops, and you just, like, have this huge tempo advantage as well because your spells are often free. So, um... Yeah. Leyline Binding as well, right? Yep, yeah, Leyline Binding. Prismatic Ending, mm -hmm. I sometimes see. Oh, yes, yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, Leyline Binding as well. Uh, it's actually so... It feels so bad. Like, you, you're supposed to be, like, this slow sluggish deck because you you want to, like, leverage the cascade yeah. thingy. And then you're like, okay, one mana remove this, one mana remove this, mm -hmm. easy, easy. This is how I play my Yeah, turn. I mean, like, I had a, a game against, I think, some Delvery deck where I had, you can go turn one, end turn, fetch, triumph, turn two, get a duel, and then you have your one mana Leyland Bindy on, and a Solitude and a Fury with pitch cards available as well. And I was like, I have access to so much removal on turn two, and then you start playing your, like, the Beans or the Cascaders into the Beans, and then you have Teferi and Omnath. Omnath is, like, an amazing card because it pitches to all the all the things <laughs> and you do sometimes get behind on tempo so gaining life was oh you do yes yeah yeah sometimes because you do just sometimes have hands where you don't have the right pitch cards or like you know it is an 80 card deck and you are playing a lot of expensive things mm -hmm. sometimes if you don't have the pitches lining up right so omnath just gaining life is 
crazy obnoxious. I had a game against Scam where they top deck their absolute nuts off. And I'm usually very calm. I never really get salty about things. But they drew like Merktide into Force into Force for my two removal spells I had left over after getting them like Hellbent. And then I was just like, oh my, this is happening. And then they just drew like Bowmasters into Reanimate into Bowmasters. But I drew a land for like five turns running, but I had an Omnath. So I just kept staying alive by gaining four life or a fetch down was eight life. Ha, 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 ha. Staying exactly. alive. Staying alive. Yeah, I mean, the fetch, <laughs> you should have done the fetch downs were eight life and I was getting hit by a 7-7 seven, seven Merktide. So I was... This is so yeah, stupid, yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's pretty good. There's a bunch of, like, changes I'm going to make for when I play it next, but I think the deck is actually quite obnoxiously powerful. Mm. Is the deck still, like, that dedicated to Cascading and to Beanstalk that you play Spiro Guides? Because I've seen that. Yeah, so I'm going to try adding... The changes I was going to make is I was going to move Endurances to Cyborgs. There's four main deck. I was going to cut Fables, which there was four of. And I'm going to add um, four Fire Ice, because it's just another cheaper spell to cast. And it helps with pitch cards more as well. And then four Spirit Guides to speed up a little bit as well. This is, this is You know, it, yeah. it tells you something when Callum, of all the people, decides to cut Fable from a deck. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's, yeah that's Fable was way overkill <laughs> mid-range. You just like, you, you go over the top of things already. It's just... Like casting Fable turn three felt like the least powerful thing you could do. So, okay. So, 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 give me a, an estimate here. What percentage meme and what percentage real deck is this? Uh, it's it's like sixty percent real, <laughs> maybe more. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's more than I, I don't think like it's two point five. I think it's decks. a very very low percentage meme. It's like it's kind of novel, and then I think if it's actually quite good, it's going to be completely obnoxious to play against. So. Okay, so how, how do you actually beat this? Wasteland. Uh, it plays okay, four yeah, basics yeah, and like a bunch of fetches, so you can fetch around it, but like mm. port plus Wasteland from lands mm -hmm. is going to probably oh, keep yeah. you off. Bowmasters is a problem. That's what Firehouse helps with a bit. Like this deck has Leyland Binding, Solitude, and Fury to deal with them, and kind of Teferi helps a little bit. But if, I had a That's few games against Scam where like I just didn't have the answer available immediately. And then Be Beanstalk is not a May, so... You, you're casting these things to try and find stuff and it's just yeah it, it is a bit of a problem uh and it is, is just an 80 card deck relying on pitch stuff and things so you know what my favorite part about the uh, about the deck was because i saw that posted i don't know what, whether it was in the discord or somewhere else people went as far and committed as hard to this shit as to include a teferi no, a chase wielder of mystery. <laughs> the, the, the thing that makes you win the game when you deck yourself. Because this deck, as you mentioned, it's not a May, and the deck comes pretty close to decking in, itself. In the Yorian deck as, as well. Seen <laughs> in the Yorian deck, right? <laughs> yeah. like, oh my god, I'm drawing too many cards. I, I need to like endurances. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've seen this where they they like cut endurances, as you suggested, and they put in, I think, one chase wielder of mm -hmm. mystery. And this way you turn a disadvantage into an advantage. Yeah. And it's actually crazy. I think I, I, that's the, that was in Modern, I believe. And I don't know if the Legacy one needs it, because I think you can just close games out in time. How do you actually close a game so that I look at this? I mean, <laughs> it's just like Omnath, Solitude. And, oh, Omnath, yeah. I keep forgetting about it. Yorian, yeah, yeah. The, the Agent. I didn't really think about it. <laughs> you just attack with the, the idiot creatures that you get. Oh, this is, this is, and Fury as well. Win? Oh, oh, like winning is like a secondary thought. Like this is, we're not concerned yeah. with winning. But like Fury hits hard as well. Fury with uh, Exalted from Ardent Plea, yeah. 
Oh my yeah. god. Dude, I couldn't even have told you what the card does. I think it was Exalted. Isn't there something else? Oh yeah, Cascade. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there we, we did it. <laughs> I knew it had like two keywords. <laughs> but um, yeah, otherwise... Th- th- you know what I want to see you do? I want to see you like Violent Outburst, a Fury, and then like oh. that's the plus two point of damage oh, yeah. that you needed for yeah, the win. Yeah, good idea. Didn't think of that. Neither did the opponent. Yeah, I think this deck, I'll try a bit more. It's, it's very not a me deck. I just like doing... I don't know. I just saw it. I was like, yeah, I fancy drawing some cards. But it's... It did... F- is there a list that we can actually list in the show notes? Like I'll make a mock field. Can you put it in a mock yeah, field? I'll make one to link awesome. it. Awesome, then shoot me the link and we're going to definitely put it in the show mm-hmm. notes. So if you are listening, everyday-eternal.com, that's the new home of the website of the website of the podcast. <laughs> it's getting late. I, I took a new job. I, I work way too many hours <laughs> right now. But yeah, here yeah. we go. Everyday-eternal.com. Check it out. Learn everything about us. And yeah, we will post columns. Yeah. Does this have a name, by the way? Uh, it's just going to be called, like, Beans. Gas Cascade Beans. Yeah, like, I don't know. Whatever the modern deck is called. But it's also, like, you know, Kai was saying earlier about, you know, Yorian decks not beating combo. But this one has, like, four force negation, four force of will main deck as well. And then it, like, cascades and just draws more and more cards. So I beat combo pretty well with this deck, actually, quite a few times. You have four member trap in the sideboard as well. So, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay, I'm still not fully seeing it because of the lack of a clock. Yeah. But I mean, I guess you make up for the lack of a clock by you, literally drawing like three yeah, cards. Yeah, you just draw your whole, like, like you draw your deck. Was, there was a game against uh, Tez where I had like seven forces in hand after turn five or six. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, like the, the, this archetype um, very much um, reminds me of the the vintage Bazaar Pitchvine deck where. Mm-hmm. Like Bazaar is a draw engine, you have like like a truckload of pitch spells. You do this exactly the same here, except you don't. That's a really really the, good that, comparison. Yeah, the, like up the beanstalks is your Bazaar, <laughs> and, and you and you just keep pitching random spells for zero you're, mana. You're so and just right. keep drawing This is closer cards. to Bazaar than like Yorian or Control decks. Yeah, totally. <laughs> God damn, okay, <laughs> so weird. God damn it. Five five color Bazaar and Legacy yeah, you have yeah. here first. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'm actually curious how long, like, not in terms of banning, but in terms of, like, being a super relevant card to the format, uh, Beanstalk is going to be for Legacy. Is, do you think Beanstalk, like, five years from now, we're still going to be Beanstalking people? God. Because, you know, sometimes some, something comes in the format, it's like a big hit, and then it goes away after two months, and you never see it again. Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's so hard to predict, right? Like, um, like I, rem- I remember when people said, I, there's never going to be a better two mana draw I'm caught than like AK or Predict, for example. And I was like, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. Like they're not going to draw a draw three card for, for two <laughs> mana. And, but now we have like a draw million for two mana. Over, <laughs> over it stacks, like, it's kind of like AK and the other thing. And it's like completely goes crazy. I do love how hard it was to evaluate the beginning. But I thought it was going to be pretty good. Cool. Like you, you guys were I, like, oh, I, I, struck, I, I really struggled Julian. with it. Like totally hands up. I was like, I could see high ceiling and i could see it having the kind of ak problem which is a bit too clunky but nope apparently i'm happy to pay three mana for it so here we go <laughs> <laughs> oh you know what you, you should call it like if you if you have like if you have eight cascade spells then you call it 12 beans 12 beans yeah <laughs> 12 beans beans for every meal <laughs> yeah that, that should be the name or 13 beans if you, if you really want to get that violent outburst on that <laughs> <laughs> okay guys i think that's gonna be it from us today is it i think sounds good awesome so everybody if you enjoyed the show we would really really appreciate it if you like left a review on apple podcasts on spotify any place where you rate your podcast maybe even like your your neighbors just tell them about it tell your friends tell your enemies tell everybody about everyday channel or if you fancy supporting us in another way you can also go to patreon.com slash everyday channel become a member of the 
Patreon, join the Discord, where we get, I guess, early access to these kind of like meme turned real decks that Callum and Benedict uh, <laughs> produced here. I'm still like, part of me still believes this is like some kind of trick that you're playing on me. And like t- 10 days from now, it's just, oh, Julian, early April Fool's. I would never trick you, so Julian. Weird. You would Absolutely know. Okay, never. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, with that, we're going to close it out. Big thanks to everybody supporting us, everybody making the show run, especially our Eternal Witness tier supporters, Colin Garassi, Alex Crow, Tim Everett, Testacula, Sebastian Holaga, DM, Sean Dewey, Francis Kauper, Cassandra Davis, Tom Zischka, Benedict Gruber, and Severin Schwarzuber. And our Grizzlebrand tier supporters, Scott Monroe, Tom Hepp, Kane, Ian Seifeld, and Colin Oscopy. Thank you so much for keeping the lights on. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and see you again in November. Ciao, everyone. Bye-bye. See ya.